Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the radio ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramis, your host for today, and I'm speaking with Bob DeWay, Gospel of Grace's teacher and theologian and author of Critical Issues Commentary. We are going to take a little break from our discussion of God's will and Christian liberty to just address this idea of direct personal revelation from God. Is there one scripture that people often point to to show that we ought to get this direct revelation from God? There's still small voice. Has anybody heard that one? Oh, that is the proof text for hearing from God. That's still, still small voice. Still small voice. Well, listeners, get out your Bible. We're going to do a walk through the whole still small voice episode and see if it would indicate that ordinary believers, which is a good thing to be a believer, to be ordinary, mm-hmm. should expect to hear a still small voice. So we want to go to 1 Kings 19 and verse 10. And I'll just start reading. I'm using New American Standard. Okay. It's about Elijah. Okay. And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant. Notice they broke the moral law of God, right? Right. Torn down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword, and I alone am left, and they seek my life to take it away. That's what Elijah said. And then um, verse 11b, and a great and strong wind was rending the mountains and breaking in pieces the rocks before the Lord, or before Yahweh, but Yahweh was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but Yahweh was not in the earthquake. Uh, I'm saying Yahweh because it's Lord in all caps in American Standard, so that's what it is. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of a gentle blowing. Now, there's our key phrase. After the fire, a sound of a gentle blowing. And some of the Hebrew experts say, or, uh, uh, you know, gentle wind, like a wind, gentle wind. Okay. Now, the King James has still small voice. Right. That's where that comes from. Okay. Back back when I first learned these things, the King James was generally a Bible everybody used because there weren't all these translations. And and I'm not saying that King James wasn't profitable for for centuries, but it didn't have everything right. It wasn't directly inspired by the Spirit. Right. So this King James has still small voice. And then let's continue reading. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Behold, a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Now, let me just stop there and just analyze what's happening here. Some of this uh, is reminiscent of Sinai. So I think a astute reader of Kings would realize that at Sinai, you have the, these manifestations, okay? Let me just read that, Exodus 19, 18 to 20. That's where okay. Moses received the Ten Commandments, you know, and the, 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 new, the Old Covenant. Exodus 19, 18 through 20. 
Now Mount Sinai was all in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire and as smoke ascended into the smoke of a furnace, the whole mountain quaked violently. That would be similar to what happened with Elijah here, the rocks and pieces. Right. 19, and when the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, okay, so here's a trumpet, smoke, fire, earthquake. Moses spoke and God answered him with thunder. Now notice the answers with thunder, but there's no specific content. We just know right. this is Yahweh coming down to Sinai. Verse 20, then the Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and the Lord called to Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. Then let me read verse 21. Look at this. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, quote, go down, warn the people so that they will not break through to the Lord to gaze at many of them perish. So all of these manifestations show you the grandeur and power and greatness of the one coming. And it's right. a theophany, which is a visible uh, expression of the God himself. Okay. God is more than an earthquake. Yeah. You know, he's omnipresent. But this is a theophany is what we call it in theology. So all of that happened. But all of that wasn't the Ten Commandments, the details of the Old Covenant, and so forth. That was just telling you it was really God who was right. speaking to Moses. And how did he speak to him, according to the Old Testament? Face to face as a man would speak to his friend. Right. Okay. And he spoke so, words. Real words in real human languages that are meaningful to God and to Moses. God condescending to speak words that Moses can understand. Right. Right? Okay. Because we can see the content. There's no content to the sound of an earthquake. It's just a bunch of rumbling. Right. But the content is go down, warn the people. Understandable words. Yeah. So in like fashion, what is being told to us in First Kings 19 was that Elijah is the prophet of God, and he experiences a theophany not unlike what Moses had, although Elijah isn't the giver of a covenant. He is one who spoke words from God to Israel in application of the covenant and in predicting the future because he was a true prophet. Right. All right. So when you look at the breaking rocks, the wind, the earthquake, the gentle blowing, Perhaps from all everything else, Elijah would have been afraid to come out. But the general blowing is part of a theophany where he's going to come out. Yeah. Okay. The general blowing was a still small voice that Elijah figured out down in his spirit. And he started thinking, I think maybe God's telling me something. I wonder what it is. Right. That is not what this passage is saying. That is not what it's saying at all. Just read it. Yeah. How many decades have I heard still small voice? And that's not even what's going on. Right. Any more than the rocks and earthquake is the content of the old covenant or the Ten Commandments. No, God wrote on stones with his finger. It's words. Right. Now let's just read on here. Okay. So he, he's enticed out by the gentle wind. Okay. To come out. 
and say, well, it's safe to go talk to the Lord. Right. Talking to the Lord wasn't to put yourself in harm with the rocks falling in the earthquake or whatever pieces of rocks and all that. That was, The Lord wasn't in that. But he's there. This is Yahweh. Right. That's So the sound of a gentle blowing, when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out. Right. It wasn't so God hadn't speaking. Got any revelation yet. Right. The sound of the gentle blowing wasn't verbal inspired words. It was just what caused him to wrap himself and go out. The words come later. Right. And they weren't small voice. They were actual words. Yep. You can read those. What are you doing here? That's words. Right. That's actual revelation from God. It's a question from Yahweh to Elijah. And, and it says in verse 14, then he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your elders, killed your prophets with the sword, and I alone am left. They seek my life to take it away. The Lord said to him, go and return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you have arrived, you shall anoint Haziel, king over Aram, and Jehu, son of Nimshi, you shall anoint king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Abel-Meholah, you shall anoint as the prophet in your place. So he gets very clear verbal words that directed him as the prophet of Yahweh about what to do vis-a-vis Israel and apostasy. Right. This wasn't some small voice that's saying, well, uh, I think God wants me to uh, start a church in another city somewhere. Right. And then it wasn't a feeling of peace or a... Oh, no. Stillness in his spirit or all the things people say. No, it has nothing to do with that. It's just like Moses, there was a quaking event that showed that this was Yahweh coming, but the words were words that Moses heard and knew and understood. It was actual special revelation inspired by the Holy Spirit. So the people with their still small voice guidance, if you press them, is that revelation from God, just like Scripture, and it's binding and inerrant and infallible. Oh, no, we're not saying that. We're just saying we think that's what God's telling us. Well, when God actually spoke to the prophets, it was clear and they knew it. Right, and it was God's will. It wasn't just something they think might happen. It was very clear. Elisha is going to be the prophet that comes along. Now, it's interesting, I quoted here Moses and Elijah episodes on the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus ascended and was transfigured into glory. um, And there was an event like Sinai. Who's up there with him? Moses. Moses and Elijah. Which reminds us of revelation from God. And they disappear and a voice from heaven says, this is my beloved son, listen to him. Therefore, God himself identifies God the Son, Jesus, as the one prophesied about in Deuteronomy 18, 15, where Moses said, God will raise up a prophet like me, listen to him. Yeah. And so God identified Jesus as the prophet. So Jesus is greater than Moses and Elijah. Yeah. He's the son in 
God has spoken in these last days, Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. So, listeners, this is not talking about us getting a still small voice. Right. Talk about dumbing down what's actually said and making it nothing significant when, in fact, it was God revealing his will in clear, authoritative words to his prophet for Israel, or God giving the Ten Commandments and other material to Moses, and God speaking to us in these last days through his son, who appointed apostles and spoke for him, which we have in scriptures. This still small voice is based on really bad exegesis and a not, not a very good translation at that. Right. Okay. And so God's will isn't some ephemeral, mystical, amorphous, lacking content feeling that maybe I ought to do this or that. That's not a category of binding revelation. And so, and also the idea that there's this perfect will of God and we better find it. I can't tell you how many people uh, I've talked to over 40 some years of ministry who have heard this. I think everybody's heard it. And they think, well, I missed God. Yeah. My life just really went south and somehow I missed God and somehow I wasn't listening to God and everything went bad. And now on top of whatever sorrows they're going through, they have recrimination and this feeling of ultimate failure and hopelessness. How can I ever hear from God and get the perfect will of God? And I'm trying to help people let them know that the will of God is revealed in scripture. Amen. And it pertains to all things that are pertinent for life and godliness. It's given to us. And we can know that in our sorrows and difficulties, we have the same kind of consolation and hope that the psalmist had when he wrote the, the lament psalms, that in the end, God will bring us to glory. Amen. And afterwards, receive me to glory. Yes, we have difficulties, but God will take us and bring us to the right place at the right time by his providence. There's such peace and comfort just to be found in that. We can rest in the good work that he is doing in us, and we can trust his promises and his word. And when we read his word, we can know that we are hearing from him. Amen. All right. We are out of time for this edition of Critical Issues Commentary Radio. We want to remind you, you can access this episode and many others at the website, cicministry.org. And we want to remind you too, as it says in Philippians 1.27, stand firm in one spirit with one mind and strive together for the faith of the gospel. For Critical Issues Commentary, this has been Jessica Kramis and Bob DeWay. We'll see you next week. <laughs>